amazing the role that mindset plays. And that's why it's the very first pillar, because once your mind is right, then the messaging, marketing, sales, operations, talent, and leadership and legacy will be easy, but only if we've done that deep, intensive work for you to see yourself the way that others see you and to believe that you deserve it. Welcome to this encore interview from Forbes Books at ForbesBooks.com and the Women Presidents Organization, WPO, at WomenPresidentsOrg.com. I am here with Darnielle Jervie Harmon. She's a business growth strategist. Her company is Incredible One Enterprises. It's IncredibleOneEnterprises.com. You can find her on Facebook and LinkedIn at Darnielle Jervie. Darnielle is D-A-R-N-Y-E-L-L-E, Darnielle Jervie. She's also the author of the books Burn the Box and Market Like a Rockstar. We're going to hear about those. Uh, Darnielle, Welcome to WPO on Forbes Books Radio. Thanks for joining us. Tell us about your business and the history of how you became a business growth strategist. Awesome. So thank you very much for having me, Greg. So Incredible One Enterprises is a business growth consulting firm, and our sweet spot is working with service-based entrepreneurs who really want to shake the planet. And they want to do that through learning how to connect messaging and marketing to sales systems and scalability so that they become a multiple six or seven figure CEO in a year or less. You actually have on your website a a really great diagram called the Pillars of Business Optimization, and you just very quickly touched on that. We're going to talk about that some more. Dig into some of these pieces so people can begin to understand what you do and how you help your clients to success. Typically, a client comes to me when their growth continuum has ceased to exist. They are not really sure what happened, but all of a sudden, things are just not moving the way that they used to move. And so what we do is we basically perform an autopsy on their business. We look at everything. We start with their messaging and we make sure that they've got a very clear and compelling message that is going to resonate with their most ideal client. And then we take a look at their marketing. So we're looking at which marketing strategies When you think about marketing, there's approximately 60 different ways that any of us could be using marketing to grow our business. So we want to help our clients identify the five to seven that they can build systems around that will work best for them, that really allow them to build a business that aligns with everything that's important to them and to reach the clients that they want to reach consistently because the streams that they are using, they are comfortable and confident using over and over and over and over again. Then we look at their sales process, and and that includes identifying whether or not they've got the right programs and packages at the right price point to make achieving their goals really simple. If they are a smaller company where they're the person in charge of sales, we teach them how to have effective sales conversations. If they have their own sales team, then we do extensive training with their sales teams to make sure that their ability to conduct sales at a greater level increases. And we also look at the systems, the analytics and the tracking and all of the numbers that go into evaluating that the process is working for them. Often, our clients don't have the right systems in place, meaning they're starting from scratch every single time they want to do something in their business. And that's really not a good way to be. It takes you longer and it slows down your ability to get out there and generate revenue really quickly. So we will often help them to create the right systems that make their success predictable and also make them duplicatable so that that as they're building out their team, 
they can put the right people into the right jobs and get the results they want very, very quickly. So we do all of this, depending upon the client, over a period of about a year. And what tends to happen when we go through and perform this autopsy, find the holes, expose those gaps in them, fill those gaps with the right strategy, is they grow massively from anywhere from 50 to 600%. And we've had some clients who have experienced a thousand percent growth in a year's time. It really just depends on how bad it was and how we are able to get them crystal clear and really dialed in so that bringing their most ideal clients becomes an everyday, easy to access adventure for them and their business. I am guessing that you learned a lot of this perhaps uh, the hard way by (laughs) (laughs) you're laughing. So I'm guessing I might've been right about that. Did you have past experiences where you began to realize that not putting these pieces together were, would result in a business that just was not producing in the way that, that it could in a way that would allow it to live up to its potential? Absolutely. I mean, I think that anyone who is a consultant is probably at one point in time been their best client (laughs) Because we learn from example, right? And so that's a great point, Greg, because I don't do theory. Any strategy that I'm suggesting to a client, I know it works because I've tried it or I've had another client try it. And what's really cool about our company is that we work across many industries. So our clients don't all fit into one specific mode. We've got attorneys, accountants, financial advisors, interior designers, as well as traditional coaches and consultants who are our clients. This last year, we even worked with an engineering firm and a manufacturing company. So we work across industry. And what what we have found is that the things you need to do to grow your business are the things you need to do to grow your business. And most CEOs are really good at whatever the problem is that they solve, but they're really bad at business and business acumen. So it gives us an opportunity to come in and show them what building a business looks like And even more important than that, what building a business that serves them fully so that they are creating a job for themselves. Instead, they're really shaking the planet and offering transformation to others, what that could look like on their own terms, which is really, really cool. It's a a really nice payoff for our clients as they build out their businesses. You know, I realize as you're saying that, Darnielle, that one of the interesting challenges, I shouldn't say I'm realizing this because I think I realize it every day, but one of the interesting <laughs> challenges in business, especially for entrepreneurs and small businesses, is that you're successful because you do something really well or you know something better than anyone else. But that has no relationship to the best practices of business where other people have that as their expertise. And so just because you're good, you brought up engineering, just because you're the best engineer and have been able to create a firm around that doesn't mean that you're going to know how to manage accounting or manage employees or manage marketing and sales. And I would imagine you find that often when you're working with clients and talking to prospects, that the thing that is crystal clear to you is they're great at that thing that their business was built around and perhaps not so great or, let's be honest, even terrible at all these other business functions. And if they cleaned up the business function part of their business, their ability to grow and excel in the stuff that they're experts at, would would that that's where you get this incredible growth, right? Right. Exactly. That's exactly it. And that's why their growth is so substantial in such a short period of time, 
because they already have the goods. It's just like they're all spread out over their office and they need someone to come in, pick them all up, put them together into a puzzle that you can actually tell what it is. And then it becomes so easy for them. And I love doing this work. I have an amazing team that supports me and we really get to help some of the most talented, brilliant people on the planet do the work that they love in a way that rewards them both financially and spiritually. And that feels amazing to be able to help people in that way. Because what you're really doing is freeing them from the stuff that they don't want to do or don't have an interest or an expertise in. So when you free them up to do the stuff they love, there's more stuff they get to do that they love. They get to serve more clients better because they're not distracted by the details and you've helped them create a system for the details that someone else takes care of for them. Exactly. So when I look at this chart on your website, and I'm talking with Darnielle Jervie Harmon. She's a business growth strategist. The website is IncredibleOneEnterprises.com. The company is Incredible One Enterprises. On Facebook and LinkedIn, you can find her at Darnielle Jervie. She's also the author of the books Burn the Box and Market Like a Rockstar. I look at this, this chart on your website, The Pillars of Business Optimization. And there's mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven boxes. But the mm-hmm. one that jumps out at me is mindset. Because <laughs> it seems to me that all the other stuff is kind of best practice stuff. And someone mm-hmm. has already learned the lessons. And if you're smart enough to get the help to apply the lessons, you're going to be successful. But you're only going to do that if you have the right mindset. Is that often the biggest challenge for the people you work with? Absolutely, Greg. I say that 95% of your success or the lack thereof is tied to the six inches in between your ears. <laughs> Only 5%. I can teach you anything, anything you want to know. I can teach you how to do it, but you have to come to me with a mindset and a temperament and an attitude that says, I can, I believe I can, I'm willing to get out of my comfort zone and do it. You would be amazed. I have a client that runs a $40 million IT consulting firm. She works with government contractors. And her her biggest struggle, and she wasn't at $40 million when I first met her. She was at around $500,000, but we've helped her to grow mm-hmm. a business of $40 million because of mindset. She was in the way. She, had, she was the bottleneck in her business, and she had to be in control of every process because she did not trust herself or her people enough to delegate. And so by helping her get out of her way with her subconscious and sabotaging beliefs, it opened her up to this amazing world and she was able to start empowering her team to go out and do what she hired them to do. And the result was initially $1.5 million in about a year and today she's got a $40 million company. It's amazing the role that mindset plays. And that's why it's the very first pillar, because once your mind is right, then the messaging, marketing, sales, operations, talent, and leadership and legacy will be easy, but only if we've done that deep, intensive work for you to see yourself the way that others see you and to believe that you deserve it. You'd be surprised, especially because we do work mostly with women. How many women don't value themselves? Not, I mean, let's not even talk about the equal pay problem that we have in our country for people who work a job every single day. But women entrepreneurs, by and large, don't understand the value that they hold or they undervalue and downplay the core 
services that they can offer to solve real problems for people. And that's part of the reason why the statistics are what they are, that, you know, only roughly two and a half percent of women entrepreneurs and business owners ever cross the million dollar mark. And it Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be that way if more people would just help them do the mindset work. No one ever wants to sign up to have somebody work on their mindset, but they want to grow their business. And so we kind of sneak that in there because it is a very pivotal part of the growth continuum. Well, it's it's interesting as you were saying that I I literally was writing a note to myself to bring up the word delegation, and you brought it up before I had a chance. But I, I can see how if you think you have to do everything, there's nowhere to go, right? right? Yeah. There's no Absolutely. there's nowhere to go. You have to give it away, and why hire people if you're not going to delegate things to them? <laughs> but you you get to another point, which I hear business leaders talk about over and over and over again, and that is that you have to build a team you trust. And if you feel like you can't delegate to your team, there's either something wrong with you in your mindset, or there's something wrong with you and the people you're choosing to surround yourself with. Either way, it's you. You either didn't build the right team or you're not trusting them. Both have to be a recipe for disaster. Absolutely. So when you're working with a company like this one, you just talked about this IT company that grew from, I think you said a half a million to 40 million. That's, that's a pretty good testimonial for you, Danielle. <laughs> um, how did you do that? And I'm asking so that you can give us a flavor of how your services could help us. Mm-hmm. Because it's always interesting to hear about how other people got ahead, but what's the process so we can begin to apply it to ourselves and see if it's something we would be opening to embracing? Yeah, so I think the first step is always getting clear about what you want. So we always start by casting vision. And especially when a person is struggling with their mindset, what I will identify, and I'm courageous enough in my position as the coach and consultant that's hired to help you to take your business to the next level, to call you on your crap and to push you out of your comfort zone. And so that initial vision piece tells me a lot about the business owner. What I find often is that people say they want to play big, they want to build a million or multi-million dollar company, but they are really unwilling to do everything that it's going to take, right? The, the fruit of life is out on the branch, and you can't access the fruit unless you get out of your comfort zone. And so for me, it starts with really getting clear about what the vision is, how big they really want to play. And then once we identify what, how big they want to play, we start to break down the barriers, the self-imposed barriers in most cases that are in the way from them playing that game. And what we tend to unearth there is that um, I call it your inner seven-year-old, and I talk about this in my book, Burn the Box. When we're born, we're only born with a subconscious mind, and our conscious mind is formed based on the patterns and the things we experience from birth to the age of seven, which means that by the time we're seven years old, who we're going to be on this planet has already been created for us. And sometimes that's not a good thing. And so we have to learn how to fire and forgive our inner seven-year-old so that the adult version of ourselves can build a business. And what that means often is that whenever we were first introduced to fear, usually somewhere between birth and seven, we were introduced to fear in a mighty way that it was a crippling um, device that would keep us safe. And so we have to unearth those fears. So we spend some time really breaking down what their beliefs are, what are the um, barriers, as I said earlier, that are kind of in the way. And then after we know that, then we can begin to do the work around their mindset to create 
to bring what they have as their vision into, into play. And what that really looks like is some intense coaching sessions, quite honestly, Greg. Once we get that work done, because we already know what their goals are, they already told us that they want to build a business to two and a half million or five million or 10 million or 40 million, and they want to have, you know, they want to impact the world this way. My team and I are able to take a look at those goals and then give them the prescription of what it's going to need to look like for it to happen. So we can actually evaluate what their team is going to need to look like and help them to create the, the plan of how they're going to bring those team members on board. Seldom do we run into a company that has enough funding to go out and hire the whole team at once. <laughs> so we have to do it in a phased approach. And so we look at what are the most important functions for you to first learn and understand so that you could then hire a team to do that for you. That takes us to messaging, marketing, and then sales. Once we have all of those things dialed in, making sure that they have a really strong, compelling message, often our clients have been in business for three to five, maybe even seven or ten years. So they're at the point of reinvention. So we've got to look at their message and look at the analytics behind their message to see how we need to dial that message in to allow the client that they really want to serve that's going to bring the goal that they have within view as quickly as possible to show up instantly for them. Because the goal isn't to go find clients, it's to get found by them. And that's what messaging and marketing are ultimately going to do for you. So once we understand what has already been happening and has been working or not working, we can identify what we should try next in order to get them to that ultimate vision. And we will often help them to create a strategic plan. Could be 12 months, could be 36 months. It really depends on how big the goal is and how big the vision is. And then walk them through the accountability measures with the training um, and development and potentially the coaching and consulting that goes along with that so that the plan that we've created actually happens for them in the time period that we set up. Most of our clients come and work with us for a period of three years um, because it can often, ultimately it can take that long to build everything out, make sure all of the systems in place so that everything that you put in place is actually going to serve you moving forward and continually within the business. So as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking to myself, there are probably a lot of CEOs, small business owners, hearing this and thinking to themselves, how do I know if Darnell is talking about me? How do I, how do I know? Look, I, I'm, if I own a small business, I may be surrounded by people who tell me what I want to hear. If it's mm -hmm. a really successful business, I may be surrounded by people outside of my building that tell me what I want to hear because I'm successful. But that doesn't mean that I'm taking my business to the level that it could go. I'm, it may, doesn't mean that I'm, ach I'm achieving all the potential that's there. Are there kind of some questions or clues or things I should look for within myself and my business to know if calling you would make that kind of difference? Absolutely. I would say the first question would be, am I playing at the level? Am I impacting the world at the level that I meant to when I started my business? I would probably be the first question. And then the second question would be, have my revenues been the same or have they declined in the last two to three years? And then if there were a third question, the third question would be, what is it that I've been unwilling to do that if I learned how to do it, it could make all the difference in my business. I'm guessing that for some people that the last question about what is it I'm unwilling to do 
some people were probably unwilling to even ask that question. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I, I'm sitting here trying to wear the shoes of someone in the position who could really benefit from working from you. And I'm thinking the the clue that there's so much more you could get out of your business with a business okay. growth strategist like Darnell is that there's that you're you're frustrated there's some level of frustration all the time because you're not getting from your business everything you want to get and that may be more money but it may be something else it may be more freedom it may be more fun it may be more recognition do you find that when people contacting you and are really primed for the help you can provide that there's a level of frustration just in general because because they're not satisfied by the business they've built? Absolutely. All the time I run into people who want to kill the monster. I went through that myself about three years ago. I built my business up to multiple millions of dollars and I hated it. Hated every second of it. And hate is such a strong word, but it is the only word that can describe to you the pain that my company was. And you would think I should be on the top of the earth, right? Because I built my business to multiple seven figures, but I didn't love it. And so I spent time really killing the monster that I had created and reshaping my business where I could still make amazing money, but I could do it on my own terms and I could do it so that it served me well. And that meant building the right team. I had a team at that time of about five employees. I fired them all and I started from scratch. I got, I took the time. I did the work. I got crystal clear about how I wanted to impact the world and what I wanted my business to look like. And then I created a plan and I worked with my own coaches and consultants and strategists to help me to unearth the plan that I created for my business because I knew that it was possible to not have to choose, to build a business that really served me in every possible way that allowed me to be all I wanted to be and all I was created to be. And I was unwilling to give up on it. And that's why I know it's possible. And so, yes, every single day, frustrated entrepreneurs and small business owners reach out to us because they're tired of doing it the hard way and they're ready to find out what needs to change in order for them to get what they really, really want. Something that fills their cup and makes them race out of the bed in the morning instead of dreading another meeting with another client they don't even like, let alone want to help. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I, I spoke with an entrepreneur recently who said, you know, every morning when I got to my office, I'd sit in the parking lot in my car and think, I don't want to ever go in there again. Mm-hmm. What a, what a, when it's your business, when you potentially have so much opportunity for success and to control the world around you, it's, it's a waste to not do the things you could do to take advantage of that. We become entrepreneurs in order to shape the planet, right? We become yes. entrepreneurs to make this planet better than the way we found it. And if you are unwilling to do the work, the, big mandate that is on you if you've decided, yes, I want to be an entrepreneur, then you should just get a job. Get a job that requires nothing of you uh, other than being a tactician for eight hours a day so then you then you can go home and, you know, live your life. But if you have answered the call of entrepreneurship or small business ownership, then there's a responsibility to find out how to be able to make the biggest impact possible, how to help the most amount of people 
solve whatever the problem is that's keeping them from living their best life. I think that's our every single one of our responsibility. And that's whether your client is an individual consumer or the government or corporations. At all of these places, there are people, and every single individual contributor has the ability to make or break any environment that they are in. And so it's, it's a responsibility of all of us to make sure that we're doing work that serves these individual contributors to make them better citizens. My gosh, Danielle Jervy Harmon, I'm going to write that. I'm going to hang that on a poster over my desk. That's just beautiful what you just said and so true. Oh. So I'm talking with Darnell Jervy Harmon. She's a business growth strategist. Her company is Incredible One Enterprises, IncredibleOneEnterprises.com. She's a member of the Women Presidents Organization. WPO, of course, is at WomenPresidentsOrg.com. We're going to talk about how long you've been a member of WPO and, and what, what that has meant for you. But first, I want to talk about your two books, Burn the Box and Market Like a Rockstar. Tell us about the books, which one came first, and what motivated you to sit down and write both of them? So Market Like a Rockstar came first. I've actually written seven books, Greg. But seven I've books. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I've loved to write. I've had a love affair with words since I was 10 years old. I actually made a declaration um, at 10 when I found my purpose, which is to help people to use words to change their lives and the lives of others. And so I've always loved writing. Um, Market Like a Rockstar actually was born. I was speaking at a conference and I didn't have a book on marketing and I was speaking about marketing. And one of the people in the audience waited to speak with me after I came down off the stage. And she said, you know, where is your book on marketing? <laughs> like, I don't have one. She was like, you... This, you're so brilliant at it, you need to write a book. And I literally went home, and within a week to 10 days, I wrote the book. Huh. And um, so that's kind of where that book came from. And it's, it's because I think most people are intimidated by marketing, but marketing really is just a conversation. And so I wanted to teach people how to have conversations that would influence their potential clients to make the right decision to invest in themselves through the work that you're doing. So that's what Market Like a Rockstar is all about. And the ROCK is an acronym that stands for Realign How You See Marketing, Outline Your Audience of One, and the SPICE Problem That You Solve, Create a SPICE Outcome and Compelling Offer, and Know How to Build Clients for Life by Creating Your Problem Progression Plan. So it tells people how to set up their marketing system so that it works for them consistently over the life of their business. And then Burn the Box was actually born... It started back when I was in corporate America, you know, and then people still say it. I hear it all the time. You know, we've got to get out of the box. We've got to think out of the box, right? And the problem with getting out of the box or thinking out of the box is that the box is still there. And the box for most people represents the status quo. It represents, you know, anything that is really keeping them from what it is that they want. It could be fear. It could be limiting beliefs. The box is just filled with all of those memories of what, who you used to be and what it used to keep you from experiencing the significance and success that you really want. And so I started to do a lot of research about the, the brain. And that's how I learned about subconscious minds and our inner seven-year-old and all of that stuff. And I realized that when you watch something burn, it creates a pattern interrupt in your subconscious mind, and it gives you an opportunity to kind of reset the tapes and to change the story you've been telling yourself or what you really want to be saying instead. And so I built this 
premise around burning your box of limitations. And so an activity that I will do with clients at my annual conference, which is called Breakthrough in Business, is we do a burn the box ceremony. So I have them write down all of their fears, all of their limiting beliefs, all of the things that have stopped them from being who they want to be on the earth, right? And they, I start a fire in a fire pit and they one by one come and burn all of those limiting beliefs and watch it burn. And it does the most amazing thing because it gives them an opportunity to stop telling those stories and tell them empowering ones that they want to share instead. Mm. So I would imagine that part of this exercise would be to write down and burn the limiting things and then to create the new positive. Absolutely. That's definitely part of the process. What do you want instead is a big part of it. And understanding what you need to acknowledge and potentially forgive to unlock the door to what it is that you want instead. Most people are stuck and what is rendering them into this space of struggle and stifled activity is there something or someone they need to forgive. And it's a really powerful exercise. You know, you think you're you're talking to a CEO that runs a million dollar company and they, you know, they're at the seven-figure mark, but they know they should be at the eight-figure mark. And what's keeping them from that is this little cord of unforgiveness for something that happened to them earlier in their career. But that thing has made them question themselves at every turn. And it's the reason why they don't courageously take the actions they most need to take. They're not being a disruptor and an innovator in their industry. They're not learning about new technologies or new ways of doing things. They're, they're stuck at the status quo. And so it really does create a mind shift and a shift in paradigm for them to consider the feasibility and the possibility that there is something better, there is something else, and it's open and waiting for them to take a hold of it. And this work, I'm, I'm just imagining the people that are listening, they could be scratching their heads like, oh my gosh, we're supposed to be talking about business, but she's talking about all of this other stuff. And you would be surprised. I, you know, I can recall sitting in some of the probably most powerful rooms you'd ever sit in based on the people that are in there and what comes up for them when they talk about their fears and the limiting beliefs that they have, even as quote unquote successful as they may be. And so taking the time to help people unearth this is such an important part of the process and burning the box to get back to that is my answer for how to deal with your limiting beliefs, how to challenge the status quo, and how to really embark upon a journey to get access to everything that it is that you want, because you do not have to choose. You can have anything you want, but you have to be willing to do the sometimes hard work in order to access it. Mm. Let's change gears and talk about your, your membership in WPO. How long have you been a member of WPO? What do you get out of being a member? And I have to imagine that when you go to your chapter meetings, I have to imagine that the other members really get an incredible amount of value in having you there. I'm sure that they would say that they do. So I've been a member. I'm in my second year. The Wilmington, I'm in Delaware. So the Wilmington chapter is relatively new. A few years ago, I was actually contacted by someone in in a different chapter because they were thinking about starting a chapter in Wilmington. And it was really exciting for me because 
once you get to the million dollar mark in your business, the number of people that you can synergize and talk with tends to go significantly down if you just look at the numbers and the statistics. So the thought of being part of an organization that was designed specifically for women business owners that had, you know, reached the million dollar mark was really exciting to me. So what I've gotten from being involved in uh, WPO over the last few years is a great sounding board, a place where I can go and share not only successes, but struggles that I'm having with my own team and my own business and get support, get clarity, sometimes even get advice around what are the best things for me to do because the other members that are in my group have been in business for 20 plus years or, you know, 30 years and they've they've seen it all, they've done it all. And so it's a really great place of like-minded women that are all on a journey to continue to add value in their own lives and in the lives of those that they touch every single day. So it's really powerful. And we do, we have a really good time. I'm able to add value, which is awesome for me because in my chapter, you know, my company's growth and success and what we do is it can pale in comparison to, you know, the people who have like 80 or $90 million businesses. So it's really great to be at a table where my contribution is just as valued as theirs is, although, you know, my business's bottom line may not be as high. So it, it feels really good to participate in a program like that. That's really, really fascinating. I've My experience with WPO has... Uh, always leaves me wishing that I was a woman entrepreneur, frankly. I would love <laughs> to be a member of WS. I'm not, not uh, going to do anything drastic about that. But but I've always, in, in every interaction I've had with a WPO member and at every WPO event I've been to, I've always thought to myself, what an incredible group of people who are really committed to helping each other succeed. And I'm sure that that's got to be just incredibly valuable when it you're is. growing a business. Yeah, it is. It's it's really important. You know, community is such we you don't realize how important it is to be surrounded by like minded people until you look around and there's no one like you. And so once you get into an environment with people who think like you and who are, you know, running towards success like you, it's very empowering, it's very uplifting, and it's just the inspiration you need to keep going. And, you know, meeting once a month is fabulous. It's like just enough time to go in and do things to move your business forward before you get to come back and get another dose of inspiration. And sometimes, you know, you're challenged if you're thinking small or not thinking about things in the best possible way. So it's really a really, really powerful environment. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a really powerful deadline with people who I imagine are going to hold you accountable. So it keeps you very focused. It does. Okay, my last question for you, Darnielle. That is, for anyone listening who's thinking, I know she can help me, and I know I need the kind of help she's describing, what's the best way for them to reach out and contact you? So the best way to reach out and contact me is to go to my website, IncredibleOneEnterprises.com. The one is spelled out, IncredibleOneEnterprises.com. From there, you can learn more about me. I have lots of, you know, blog posts and free resources, or you can just request to have a conversation with me or a member of my team so that we can learn more specifically about your business and your challenges, what you want instead, and if we're the right fit to help you to get there as quickly as possible. She's Darnielle Jervie Harmon. 
She's a business growth strategist. Her company, as she said, is incredible. One enterprises, incredible one enterprises.com. One is spelled out O N E. She's at Darnielle Jervy on Facebook and LinkedIn. She's a member of the Women Presidents Organization. If you want to find out more about WPO, and it's womenpresidentsorg.com. Darnielle, thanks so much for joining us. You are very welcome. This has been my pleasure. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the WPO on Forbes Books Radio. To find out more about the Women Presidents Organization, please go to womenpresidentsorg.com. To find out more about Forbes Books, go to ForbesBooks.com.